Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. As we continue to look at our series of podcasts called The Deep End, we want to look at this one short but powerful passage from the end of Ephesians chapter 3. Paul is telling the Ephesians how he's praying for them. He wants to inspire them by this, but he also wants them to gain the strength that he's praying for. Inward strength. As Pastor Mel spoke to us on this passage from this past Sunday, he talked about the difference between physical strength and inward strength. We know what physical strength is. We can see that. We can see people who are strong. We can see the evidence of someone who is strong. But Paul isn't praying for that. He's praying for inward strength. Inward strength is tougher to see. Inward strength is something that enables people to deal with hard things in this life. Because this world is hard. This world is uphill. This Christian journey we have, Jesus taught us, is narrow and difficult and painful. So Paul prays for inner strength. He knows that the Ephesians are a good church, but he knows they've kind of just started this journey, and their journey is going to get more difficult, and he wants them to be strengthened. He wants them to have the power, the ability to walk on this narrow path. What we're going to focus on today is, though, the second half of this prayer request, because this prayer request is one of the most astonishing things in all of Scripture, because Paul prays that these Ephesians would greater know the love of Christ. This is how he phrases it. In verse 17, he says that you, Ephesians, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. He's praying that they would know greater this love that Jesus offers them. And he says you're rooted and grounded in love. They already had this love. They already knew this love to some degree. So he's not praying for their salvation. He's not praying that they turn to Christ. These people had already evidenced the fact that they had faith in Christ. They were loving each other. They were walking in faith. What he's praying for is that they would be astonished or awakened or emboldened or maybe all of that by the immense love of Christ. That they would do so many things in this world that really are inexplicable. And it has to be to the credit of the love of Christ. And I want to talk about this aspect today, and it's vulnerability. Vulnerability. Because when you love someone, maybe you'll agree with this, you open yourself up to vulnerability. Whenever you say to someone, I love you, or you show them that you love them, that person is now in the position to either accept your love and return your love or to hurt you. If we all thought about it for a moment, we would remember a time where someone didn't return that love to us. We opened ourselves up to them and we said, I care for you, I love you, this is how much. And that person didn't return the favor. They hurt us or they pretended to like us and love us for a while and then they hurt us. Because love makes you vulnerable. And this is what I find is so astonishing and so, I I guess, romantic, if you will, is that Jesus has opened himself up to that vulnerability for us. He has told us how much he loved us. Not only that, but he displayed it on the cross. And when he does that, he opens himself up to hurt. Because every time you say to someone you love them, every time you show someone how much you care for them, they can hurt you. And what I'm astonished by is how Paul's praying for is that he's praying that they would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. They would know the length, the height, the depth, the breadth of his love. And so he's basically telling the Ephesians, listen, this love is beyond your comprehension to even understand it. Now, you can know it experientially. 
but it's too big for your brain. It's too big for your mind to conceive it. So I'm just going to pray that you experience it because you'll never understand it. It's beyond understanding. It surpasses your knowledge. But I do want you to experience it. And Paul isn't doing this on his own accord. These are things that he found out from the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's just telling the Ephesians something that Paul has already experienced, something that Paul has tried to understand about the love of Christ and failed to do so because it was beyond Paul's understanding as well. But what I find amazing here is that the Lord Jesus has truly opened himself up here because he is telling us, I love you in the strongest verbiage you could possibly find. I love you. You're rooted in my love. You're grounded in my love. And I want you to know my love that surpasses your knowledge. I want you to know the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of my love. Do you see what Jesus is doing there? He's doing something that would allow us to love him in return. Because when someone loves you, that's really what the, the goal is, is to inspire and motivate you to love them in return. Not just so they can love you and that you can just receive their love. The person that loves you does want you to receive their love, but every single person who has been in love knows what it's like to want the other person to return that love back to you. Well, Jesus, God, is in this position as well. Jesus came to earth. God sent him to earth. And God did the most amazing act of love anyone could ever do. And then Jesus said, yes, I'm going to the cross and I want you to know that I'm going to the cross because I love you, because I cherish you, because I want you with me for the rest of time. But by doing that, Jesus and God are opening themselves up to incredible vulnerability. Because when someone says, I love you, the other person can say, thanks, but no thanks. Or yeah, I'll, I'll receive some of your love, but I won't return it back to you. And so God, you can say, is taking a chance here. He's taking a chance. God is opening himself up to possible pain, possible hurt by telling us how much he loves us. I'm going to be honest. If I were God, and everyone's glad that I'm not, if I were God, that's probably not the strategy I would use. Because, you know, I ever played checkers as a kid, and there was a strategy when we played checkers uh, that I used, and I'm not sure if it works great or not, but it's a strategy I used for a while that someone taught me that uh, when you're playing checkers, try not to move your back row because, you know, again, then you won't have any vulnerabilities when people try to come to your side of the board. You can jump them. You can get grab their pieces. So use your front two rows, but try not to move that back row just in case. Because if you move that back row, you're open up to attack. You're open up to losing the game. See what God has done here? He's, he's moved all his pieces. He's moved them all forward, all of them. I love you, I love you, I love you. I don't want you to know it. But when he's done that, while he's done that, he's opened himself up to hurt and pain. Because you and I have a couple options now. We can return that love, which is the desire. That's the, that's the desire God has. That's the desire Jesus has for us is to return that back to him and say, yes, Jesus, I understand your love. I'm amazed by your love and I'm going to love you for the rest of my life. There's no greater desire that I have than to love you. We can say that. That's an option. But it's also an option to say, no thanks. Um, I appreciate what you did, but um, I'm going to go look for other things, other people, other things that can make me happy in this world. And God gets hurt. Jesus opens himself up to this vulnerability. We don't return the love and he gets hurt. There's a third option, I guess, which is for a while we can receive his love and, and thank him for that love, but never return that love back to him. 
and we become quite selfish in receiving his love. I say there's three options because I found myself in each one of these throughout periods of my life. There's been a period where I said to God, ah, thanks, but no thanks. I never said that actually, but that's kind of how I lived, going, thanks, God, I appreciate your love, but I got other things to do, other things to put my mind to. You love me? Uh, you're telling me that you love me? Uh, okay, maybe one day. But I didn't return that love. There was also a period in my life where I received his love and never returned it. I was thankful for the love of God. I was thankful that he was loving me. But I was not loving him in return. It was a one-way love. It was a selfish love. Both of those open up God to attack, to pain, to hurt. And I'm sad to say this, I'm ashamed to say this, that I lived in that for a long period of my life where God said, I love you, Todd, I love you. And I said to God, thanks, but I don't love you either. I don't love you the same. I don't feel the same way, God. And I am astonished now by looking at this passage one more time going, man, that's, that's incredible that God took that chance. And you could say, well, he's not taking a chance. He knows people are going to love him in return. Well, yeah, he does. He, there are people that are going to return that love. But you have to say, this is a chance because he's opened this up to everybody. He's opened the gospel up to everybody. Everybody can turn to Christ. He wants everyone to have the option to turn to him. He's going to display this gospel, this love to mankind. And that means God is opening himself up to an immense pain and hurt because there are many, countless people who will say no to that love. God could have taken another strategy. He could have left that back row in his checkers and said, okay, I'm going to display a little bit of like to you, a little bit of kindness, a little bit of generosity, but I'm not going to tell you the, the amount of love that I have for you. I'm not going to lavish my love upon you because, man, I would really make myself vulnerable. So I'll hint at it. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of kindness. I'll, you know, I won't punish you for all your sins. And, you know, here and there, if you look deeply, you can sort of find that I care for you. That God could have done it that way. And we could have found the love of Christ another means. Yeah, probably most people wouldn't have found it. Most people wouldn't have understood that love. And most people probably wouldn't have turned to Christ. And his, the amount of people that he would have had would have been much, much smaller. But I think God calculated to say, Here's the thing that would captivate most people. Here's the thing that would open this up to me finding true, real, passionate disciples. I'm going to move that back row of checkers. I'm going to tell them every ounce of my love. I'm going to show them my love. I'm going to tell them my love. I'm going to reiterate that love over and over and over. And yes, possibly they can take that love and abuse me with it. They could be selfish with that love. They could steal my love. They can have affairs, have adulteries with other things and other gods. And I don't get that love in return. They're receiving my love, but they're not giving it back to me. How many people have done that? Countless, countless people. Countless people are still doing that today. Maybe some of us who are listening to this, as shameful as that is, are saying to God, thanks for your love, God. But I got a lot of other things in my life who I love as well. We could also say to God, no thanks. I understand that you love me. I understand that you died on the cross for me. But I'm not interested. I'm not interested in a relationship with you, God. And again, I'm going to be honest, that's not the way I would go about things. When I, when I was dating, when I eventually revealed my love to my wife, it was a nerve-wracking thing. It really was because it's vulnerable. You open yourself up to this vulnerability and I, I, I got hurt. I think everybody does, does at some point. They get hurt by displaying love to other people and then waiting to see how that person returns or doesn't return that love. 
And that's, that's not an easy thing to do. That's a nerve-wracking experience. I was careful with my love. I hinted, like kind of the strategy I told you before, I liked that idea with girls that I could hint at the fact that I care for them. If they searched for it, they could find it. They, they could sense it. But I wasn't going to tell them, hey, I love you. Here's how much I love you. I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. And I'm going to move my back row of checkers. And I want you to know from the corners of the world, from the depths of my heart, I love you. And this is how much. Now, let's wait and see how you treat me. Because that is an incredible amount of vulnerability. But the way Paul prays for the Ephesians is that they would know to what depths God loves them. Because God is taking the chance. Jesus is taking the chance that by revealing his intense, immense, deep, profound love for us, we will go, wow, do you really love me this much, Lord? Can I match this love anywhere else in mankind and in the world anywhere else? And they will become to the conclusion that, no, I can't. Your love is the greatest love. And therefore, I'm going to give all of my love back to you as well, because that's safe. You have revealed your cards. You have moved your checker pieces. You have proven your love to me by dying on the cross. Wow. I'm in then, God. If you love me that much, why would I hold anything back from you? I can't find and replicate that love anywhere else. That's the hope. That's the goal that God is trying to do by revealing this love to us. And Paul, by praying for the Ephesians to know this love. But I think there's many, many of us, unfortunately, who fall into periods like this where we say, oh, God loves me that much. Ah, so what? I'd still rather have other things. I'd still rather have my sin. I'd still rather chase the world. I'd still rather be rich. I'd still rather be successful. God, you love me that much? Okay. I want salvation. I want to not go to hell, but I don't want you, God. I want my desires. I want my sin. I want my happiness here on the earth. Sorry, God. Thanks for trying. Too bad. Haven't we done that? Haven't there been many who have done that to God? They've heard lessons and messages on the love of God, and their heart has not become soft to him. They have not returned their love. They have not laid down their lives for Jesus and said, Jesus, blank check, wherever, however long, wherever you desire me to go, whatever you desired me to do, I am doing it for the rest of my time. There was a long period of my life where I said the opposite to God. Thanks, God. I... It's nice to hear about your love, but you realize I'm not going to love you like that, right? I mean, come on. By loving you that much, I would have to give up some things in this world, and I'm not ready to do that. And so I did. I took God's love. I received his love. I heard about his love, and I did not return it to him. And God received pain from that. That's really heartbreaking to know that I hurt my God. My God revealed his love to me, revealed every ounce of it, and said, Todd, I love you. Do you know this? Do you know to what depths and lengths I love you? Do you know I sent my son for you? Jesus is saying, Todd, do you know I laid my life down for you? There was no length. I could have gone beyond what I gave. I gave my blood. I gave my body. I became, in God's eyes, the sinner, and I stepped on the cross for you. 
Todd, and I want you to know that. Now, there did become a period, thank the Lord, that I was awakened by that love. The more I experienced that love, the more I looked into that love, it started to break my heart in a good way. It started to soften my heart to the love of Christ, and I started to look around at everything else in my life, and I said, wow, I can't, I can't get this anywhere else. I can't find this love anywhere else. I can't replicate this. I can't duplicate this. No one, no one loves me like this. And I finally said to the Lord, I love you too, and I'm going to prove it. And for the last 13 years of my life, I've been trying to walk in that love. I've been trying to back up the vows that I gave to the Lord that said, I love you too, Lord, and I want you to know how much. I'll go to any length. I'll go to any limits to show you my love as well. And now what we have is what the Bible calls a covenant love. A covenant love where two people come together in a union, like we think about in marriage, a good marriage, a marriage that lasts. Two people come together and they say, I love you and we're together and I'll never separate from you. And no matter sickness or health, riches or poor, good or bad, mountaintops or valley, I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's the love that God is hoping for because he has showed us that love. He has said to us, that's the amount of love I'm willing to give you. And then he waits for a response to see if we will give him that same covenantal love or we will withhold that love and give it to other things and hurt our God. So Paul prays. Paul prays for the Ephesians. There's really no plan B. God has made this his plan. He's going all in. He's going to reveal, reveal to mankind and his church how much he loves them. And there's no plan B. He's going to put all his eggs in this basket. He's going to move that checker row, that back checker row, and he's going to go all in with revealing his love to mankind because he hopes that that love will be returned to him. And it's amazing because there's some people in this world who still won't give it to him. But you can also say God's plan is working because when people understand that love, when people re realize that love, it softens their heart like nothing else can in this world. And they say to the Lord, wow, is this true? Do you love me to this length? I understand it. I accept it. And I give it back to you, God. How many people have said that? Countless. All over the world. People's souls have been touched, have been softened by the love of Christ, and they are now passionately, with devotion, following Jesus Christ, giving him back that covenantal love that he gave them. And God is, is being returned with that love, but he's also getting a lot of hurt and pain. He's having, having to absorb a lot of hurt in order to get that kind of love in return. Even when he does get that love in return, sometimes it takes a lot of time, a lot of patience for God to, re to get that love back, but he's willing to do it. He's willing to do it because he actually does love us. This isn't hyperbole or exaggeration. He has loved us to this length. He did send Jesus. Jesus did die on the cross. And now when he says, I love you, we know it. And now when Paul prays that we know the love of Christ, we understand why he would pray that way. The Ephesians were hearing this. They were receiving this letter from Paul in prison going, listen, Ephesians, I want you to know his love. You're rooted in it. You're grounded in it. And now I want you to know it to such lengths, such depths. Because what I'm going to do in chapter four is I'm going to ask you to do some things. 
I'm going to ask you to return that love. I'm going to ask you to be holy and obedient and above reproach and be strangers in this world and be holy like your God. And in order for you to do that, you need to understand his love. And when you do, we're going to trust that your, your heart is going to be soft and you are going to give that covenantal love back to God that he can ask you anything and you'll do it. So the question is for us today. What is our response to the covenantal, amazing, deep, long, intense, immense love of God? Will we return that love? Will we give that love back to Christ? Or will we continue to hear about this love and, and do nothing? Will we continue to receive his love and not give it back? Or will we finally say to the Lord, Lord, I'm in. I'm in. I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be uphill in this battle, in this fight here on earth, but you love me to such lengths. I can't find that anywhere else. And I want you to know, God, I love you too. And I'm going to tell you today that I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life, no matter what that means. Because of your great love towards me. I hope that's how you would say that to God and would mean it. That you wouldn't just say, I love you, but you would back it up with your life. Look at your life today. Is that how you're living? Or are you still hurting God after he's opened himself up with his love toward you through Jesus? I hope this would encourage you to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength because that's how he loves us and that's how he taught us to love him when we understand his love. Many blessings. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.